0: Good evening everyone, nice to uh, gather together again with you, the lotus feet of Gupinath. So we've been discussing Shraddha, Sharanagati, such things. Tonight we'll turn to Bhagavad Gita, Chapter 15, Purushottam Yoga, is entitled, The Yoga of the Supreme Person chapter can help give us some idea how we're dependent upon Krishna which is what we've been talking about but we need to realize our dependence upon Krishna to embrace that this is central to Sharanagati or surrender which is more or less synonymous with Shraddha or faith so this section of the Gita the last six chapters deals with uh, the metaphysics of the Bhagavad Gita. So here, discussion of the Supreme Person. It comes after discussion of the modes of material nature. It comes after discussion of the Purusha and Prakriti. And in the context of that discussion, of course, it's brought out very clearly that um, we are Prakriti, even though we're people, Purushas. And Krishna is the Supreme we are Prakriti, but we are person-Prakritis or par-Prakriti. Like I said this morning, we are objects, but we are conscious objects as opposed to matter. And Krishna is the supreme subject, supreme conscious consciousness, something like that. So, 14th chapter, then Krishna, of course, discusses the material conditioning of people like us terms of the threefold influence of material nature, Rajagun, Satpagun, Tamagun, how the world comes about as an interaction of Purusha and Prakriti by the glancing of Vishnu, for example, as is discussed there, on material nature, impregnating her, so to speak, figuratively speaking, and then the predicament that follows, and then the opportunity. It follows that for the Lord to be the Savior. This is all called Shriṣṭi-līlā, lila, līlā lila of creation. And so, so many avatars, avatars means crossing down. They come from Mahavishnu, different faces of Vishnu into the world. To do what? As we discussed, to protect the devotees, to establish the dharma and so forth. Primarily to protect the devotees. It means to nourish the sadhakas, those who have been in this cycle but are on their way out to nourish them and in the context of discussing all of this (coughs) krishna established in that previous chapter that that brahman is subordinate to him he concluded on that note that the great brahman that is subordinate to me so now here you're going to talk about himself the supreme person and explain as he indicated in the previous chapter how by cultivating devotion to him one can transcend the modes one can attain Brahman without any separate endeavor to do so and by doing so in the context of cultivating love for him to attain in effect m- more than that and as much as Brahman is a face of the Absolute as the gaudis have explained very nicely in a core text of core verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. If, as I said the other day, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, this one part of this one line, is the Paribhasha Sloka, around which the key means to understanding the whole of Srimad Bhagavatam, which it pivots around, which it, everything must be referred back to, to have a context, then this famous verse, Vadanti Tattva Vidas Tattvam Yadgyanamadvayam Bamiti paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabdate is a close second, really. So the whole of Bhagavatam expands from from this verse also in a slightly different way. But it's also Tattva, a verse of Tattva. Give Chaitanya Charitamrita is the essence, the distilled essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. As it is, And you can understand my point with regard to this verse that describes three phases of the Absolute, <coughs> Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Because the verse that explains the, the gist, the essence of the, of the tattva of Chaitanya Charitamrita is based on, on this verse. What is that verse? We call it the Krishnadas Kavirashkari. Vastu Nirdes Shloka of Chaitanya Charitamrita this what that something we published yad advaitam rama purishadam tadapi asyatanuva atmantaryami purushoh iti shosham siva va saraisvarya purunas eha bhagavan sa svayam ayam nachetanatzna jagati paratattvam paramiha this is in terms of philosophy then tatva this is what chaitanya charitamrita is about so this must be what Srimad Bhagavatam is about about the the non-dual absolute who appears in three phases, so to speak, Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan, and relative to the approach, how he's approached, he shows a particular face, to the jnanis, to the yogis, to the bhaktas. So it's a big topic, as I say, Srimad Bhagavatam is all coming from this it says the sages, wise people, they concluded that the absolute truth is adbhai the non-dual consciousness, known variously, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. So this Brahman is one face of the absolute. We say that there can be existence that is unconscious of itself. There can be existence then that is conscious of itself. But if existence is joyful, then it must be, it must exist, and it must be conscious of itself. Hmm. You follow? Hmm. So, when we say that the absolute is Bhagwan, we, we are talking about the, the the joy aspect of the absolute. So, if, as the sutras say, Anandamaya byasat, the absolute is joy by nature then it must it exist and it must be conscious of itself. So it must have these phases then, these phases of, of Paramatma and Brahman. This is the idea. And by looking at it this way we can understand that the Bhagavan is the Supreme, the full face of the Absolute Truth. So when he says that, he's subord- that Brahman is subordinate to him, this is the idea. And then having done that, he seeks to speak about himself here a bit. the Yoga of the Supreme Person. In order to do so, he starts talking about the material world and he uses an, an analogy of a, of a banyan tree, an upside-down banyan tree. And while saying a number of things about it, its virtues as well as its faults, the conclusion that he reaches in talking about it is what? That it should be cut down. ashwatha tree. Some commentators have Explained that the word "shwata" means tomorrow, and "ashwata" means, therefore, no tomorrow. So it is a place of no tomorrow, with no future. It holds no future for us, really, material existence. However enjoyable it may be in some respects, and even the, the, the scriptures have taught us how to get the most out of the world. Those flowery or leafy portions of the tree, he says, are the Vedas. And the Vedas mostly teach you how to, how to enjoy in this world. They're all about being happy, <laughs> relatively and absolutely. When you've exhausted the capacity of being happy in a relative sense, then some qualification in one sense comes within one. of being happy in a permanent sense, and that qualification is, is a sense of, well, that this has no tomorrow for me. A person who has, the, in whose life, in whose psyche, the dominant influence of material nature is sattvagun, is one who cannot be happy with the idea of living in a world that doesn't endure, living in pursuit of happiness in relation to things that don't endure. It's disappointing, however good they may they be. <laughs> over nice... In fact, Krishna says the nicer they are, the worse it is because you can't keep it. So, nukalayam Ashashvatam. In two words, he summed up the whole of material existence. It's miserable. And if you say, well, but I like it. Then he says, well, you can't keep it. Now what? So the more you like it, the bigger the problem is. That's the whole point. So he recommends here detachment. And the practical... Detachment is a big word and it's a little... Maybe hard to understand. Attachment, renunciation. He says, this is the axe with which to cut down this banyan tree. It's a very, if you've seen the banyan trees in India or in Hawaii, very in, entangling. It's, ver- it's a virtual forest unto itself, with roots going up, to, you know, the branches going down, and new roots. And so it's a, it's a real entangling affair, the ideas. And so, and, and he says here also, it's invisible. It means the entanglement he describes it over three or four verses, but one of the words with which he's, uh, Krishna describes it is this manifest He says, it's invisible. It means he, that you're entangled, but you can't see it. You're in it. So just like, you know, you might be flying across the sky at 500 miles an hour, sitting in an airplane, but it doesn't. It seems like you're just sitting in one place. But because I'm at a different place, I'm not so close to it, I'm not attached to that plane... I can see, oh, it's just going like that, so fast. And you're sitting in the plane, just think, you just feel like you're just sitting in one place. The idea is that when we're too close to a thing, we can't see it for what it is. Its real face becomes invisible. Everybody has the practical experience of this. If you're too close to something, right, you can't see it. And if you're too close in terms of consciousness, in terms of feeling, in terms of attachment, then... Love sees no faults. It's worse than that. Love turns faults into ornaments, right? Now that's good in the higher sense, but in the lower sense, where love, which is being built as love, is really attachment, it's, it's a problem. It said, Mother called her blind son Padmalochan. Padmalochan means Lotuside. He was blind, but she saw him in a different way. Named him lotus Such beautiful eyes he had. <laughs> so, this is uh, the nature of the attachment. It's blinding. Love is blinding. This is the h- higher end, of course. Therefore, the brujhavasas are blind. We teach that Krishna is the Supreme Person. We are going through this chapter here. It's called Purushottam Yoga. We stress on this point again and again and again. I- again, Krishna is two Bhagavan Swayam. Prabhupada, you know, Check the database. The Supreme Personality of Godhead. It's you know, from a literary point of view, it's a bad case of redundancy. But he was not trying to write a Pulitzer Prize-winning uh, book, but to make a point, to give a message, an urgent message, to human society. And so this is they stress this point again and again: Krishna, karma, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It's important to establish that the goal of establish, of understanding that, of, of getting that point, that Krishna is the source of everything, is to forget that. So it's a very kind of funny religion that we have. It's very confusing. Do you understand? We are to try to understand that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. That is tattva. If we understand the tattva, that will be very helpful for us in terms of cultivating bhava, which is, which is the, the goal of sadhana. Sadhana bhakti is as successful as it takes us into bhava bhakti. Bhava bhakti is in between prema bhakti and sadhana bhakti, so it has elements of each. It has, it's like a ray of the sun of prema, and there's a kind of sadhana that goes on, practice that goes on, internal practice turns the bhava into into prema so understanding tattva that will mean that our practice is well informed that's why these scriptures are there for help samandagyan the proper conceptual orientation how we are conceptually oriented will determine how we act right in every sphere of life people have a conceptual orientation on life and then they act accordingly and, and then they go another place where people have a different conceptual orientation they seem out of place. So the Krishna conscious conceptual orientation, we call that sambandhagan and that then begets a kind of activity that we call bhakti, abhideya, and that brings the fruit. All these things come in this, this chapter actually also, in brief. So tattva, theory, it means sambandhagan we need some theory. In, in, in other words, chanting the holy name Without sambandha it would be difficult to get the desired result. Theoretically, it may be possible, but it would take quite some time. And it's readily available through the Shastra, guru Pampa, and so forth. So that there's the theory, who are we, what, what is the world, who is Bhagavan, what is the relationship between all these things. Diksha comes under the category of sambandha Diksha, given, this is the function of samanda tattva Shikshas, abhideya-tattva. That's why we can have only one Diksha-guru and a number of Shikshas gurus, because the conceptual orientation is one, but the application of it is varied. Within the truth about Krishna and the relationship with the Jiva, Jiva's relationship with the world, the world relationship with Krishna, and so forth, that is the proper conceptual orientation, in who you are in relation to Krishna. There may be different ways to then engage in bhakti, different sentiments. It's a we have a, we are one in philosophy and different in religion. It's a religio philosophical ideology that means Beda Bed. So just like like myself, so we all of us are Gaudiya Vaishnavas amongst my God-brothers and God-sisters, we are all disciples of Prabhupada. We have the same philosophy and we have the same sentiment. We love our Gurudev. But then I have a Siksha guru not shared by all my God-brothers and God-sisters. So I have a sentiment for him also that they don't share. So there's some difference in terms of sentiment. This is religion, the religious expression of the (coughs) philosophy. So, some difference, but that difference is not a problem. The difference is, is most desirable. If there weren't first differences of sentiments, then we'd only have obeyed. We, we would be waylaid in Brahman. Do you understand? That would be a problem <laughs> as much as Vishwanath says. What does he say? He says, hell. Yes kaivalyam narakayate, kaivalyam in this sense means Brahman realization, that's hellish. We have no interest in, in that. We should be so much opposed to this, but not opposed to difference as long as it is philosophically one. It's the same philosophy. If there's room in the philosophy for sentiment, and that sentiment is within the parameters of the philosophy, then that's, we, we invite that, that Variety is the what do say, spice of life. So, all those varied sentiments. in Golok, Golok is not. It's pervaded by Madhurja, but it's that's all possible because of supporting roles. You can't just have the leading man and lady. You have to be su- supporting roles also, right? In order to make an Academy Award winner. So, all the, That's why, for one reason. Radhika was invited to go with Krishna to Dwarka at Kurukshetra. She wouldn't go. She said, well, without the Jamuna, Gobardhan, without Nanda, Jasoda, and having to watch out for them, make sure they don't know about us and our, our sentiments, without your friends assisting in so many ways, then I cannot be happy with you. Again, we talked the other night, Krishna's not alone. All these things, all these people—these are all the entourage of Krishna. These are more important than Krishna. These are non-different from Krishna. They all Nanda, Jasoda, Sridam, Sudam, Vishaka, Lalita, Govardhan, Jamuna. Therefore, I remember once, das Goswami's verse is a nice pranam to His Gurudev. But it said, "Nama Shreesthamapi Sachi Putramatta all the, so many nice things, he says. I offer my obeisances to the son of Sachi, who has given Nama Shrestam, Sachi Putram. Nama Shrestam, the highest, Shrestam means the best, So, the highest, the best conception of the name, of the holy name, Parakanam, not just Parakanam Parakanam is described in the Upanishads, this Hare Krishna mantra. Kali Santaran Upanishad. There it's mentioned Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari 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 Ram, Hari Ram, 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 Hari Hari. It says there that uh, Narda is speaking to Brahma. Brahma replies when Narda asks, How will we be delivered in Kali Yuga? He says, By chanting the name. What name? So he gives this, these sixteen syllables. And then he says uh, that by these you will be delivered. Kali Kalam sarva Ashanam Sarvabhadeeshu This is the purport of all the Vedas, he says. They all say this, the seers of the Vedas, they say this, that by this chanting you will be delivered from the influence of Kali. So deliverance is one half of the equation. This is Mahaprabhu as Yuga Avatar, delivering. Delivering from material world. That is called Tara, means to deliver. But Pada means, has a positive context. Deliver from, from the negative is not entirely positive, it doesn't have any positive content in and of itself. So, Parakanam is mentioned, this is mentioned in Chaitanacharatam. This is the kind of Sankirtan Mahaprabhu did with the holy name. Paraka means indicates a, some positive value. It has the power to conquer Krishna. So, not only deliverance, but love of Krishna. Both things, the full, full meal, so, so to speak. Namastreshtam, so the highest conception of the name, he says, I offer my obeisance he's saying, to my Gurudev, from whom I've got the highest conception of the name that was given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the son of Sachi, to Rupa Goswami, to Sanatana Goswami, to Sanatana Goswami who gave this some wonder, Rupa Goswami who was given the Abhideya Tattva and Rasa Tattva, to Swaroop, the confidential secretary of Mahaprabhu, under whose care I was placed personally, and about whom Mahaprabhu said, when I asked him, "Can I hear something directly from you?" Mahaprabhu replied, "You don't get it, Raghu. You are the Raghu of Swarup. <coughs> Swarup, he knows more than I do. I'm not cheating you by putting you under his care." and not giving you directly any instruction he knows more than I do I came here to learn something from him Swarup is he's the confidential friend of Radha Goleta knows everything about Radha's moods which Krishna is coming to try to understand Mahaprabhu was not cheating him we talked a little bit uh, all the other day about the importance of the devotee more important than Krishna this is not some kind of cheating like the Protestants think, the priests getting in the way of the direct communion with God. If you take a telescope and go to look at the stars, which end do you look through? The big end or the small one? If you say, hey, why are you giving me the small end to look at? Why do you think I'm being cheated? I want to look through the, through the big end that's closer to this then you just get a headache, right, looking at that. The guru comes close to us and because of closeness also sometimes can be misunderstood. Therefore we're cautioned. We shouldn't think that uh, he's an ordinary person. So he's carrying something extraordinary. We should give regard to that, of course. If I'm carrying that, then you say, Jai Maharaj. If I'm carrying something else, then you say, Down with the Maharaj. So, isn't it? Down with the Maharaj. So, it's what you're carrying that's what counts. (laughs) It's not about me. It's not about us. It's all about Krishna. So, he prays like this to Swarup, and then my Gurudev is giving me him and all what he's about, but all the Rupa Goswami. He's giving me Radhakund, Shamakund, and Gobardhan, and all these things, the service of Radha Madhava, this way. And um, uh, Sridharmash gave a beautiful commentary, I remember once, and he said, uh, he said, So, when we come in touch with all of these things Gobardhan, Radha Kund, the person of Rupa, Samatha, and all of this, we understand the highest conception of the name, then we can say we've understood the mission of our Gurudev. I thought, oh that's so nice, yes, it's such a big thing. Might appear small sometimes, but giving a very big thing. If we look closely and properly, then we get the proper vision. We see this all the way into the heavens. Nama Shestamapisachiputtamataswarupam. This is Ragunatas Gosami's verse. He is our, like we say, uh prayujantattva acharya, the fruit of our of our practice arrived derived from proper conceptual orientation so many points (laughs) so Bhagavan Sri Krishna tells us here should step back this is the idea of detachment some objectivity if we're too close we can't see a thing for what it is if we step back then we can let's cope for seeing it for what material existence for what it is. And this is our practical experience in everyday life. But if we look at a thing objectively, then we are able to understand it for what it is. The material world, we are so entangled in it that it's, it's invisible. We're too close, so we have to step back. This is what detachment is about. And this is a little helpful in the beginning, it can be a little helpful, In Bhakti Krishna has recommended it here. Cut down the tree of material existence with detachment. And that detachment must be yukta-bhairagya, practical renunciation. We've been talking a little bit about that also, not a false renunciation, but practical renunciation. To utilize things in uh, in Christmas service, to excavate the proper utilization of all things, really. So to, to bring life to everything. As we said, when we look at it through the lens of An enjoyer, then we take the life out of it because it has a purpose that lies beyond our conception of how to enjoy it, which is so so limited. The attachment is the beginning, then, as much as it seems to be moving away from life and you'll think, I'll have nothing, it's the beginning of bringing the world to life. It's breathing life into everything, a new vision. This is recommended here. We should take an axe to that. And, of course, we do that in the context of the culture of the kind of uh, love that uh, is very similar to the whole problem. which so makes it difficult for us to explain it, because on the one hand we are speaking about the problem of the, the blindness that comes from attachment and love. And on the other hand, that kind of blindness is also our ideal that causes us to forget that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead—that That is the goal, to understand that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God it will, will give us impetus. It means that our practice will be informed. This is sammandagyan, proper conceptual orientation. The more it's properly informed, the, then the, the more complete the practice will be. The better your capacity is to, to render bhakti. We have to get some theoretical and as we put it in place, these things will be realized. And as it's realized, that that's, that's the idea of bhava-bhakti then. And bhava-bhakti, bhakti is mature because the practice, bhakti, is fully informed. So it's a kind of sadhana, but it's an it's informed sadhana. And it's, therefore, it's, 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 it's emotional. So it's important to get some tattva. It's important. Prabhupada it used to say, some tattva, 60 books. So And here you told me, you never really studied them. Now we are starting. He would be very pleased to, to know that. <laughs> he spent a lot of time up at, you know, 12 o'clock every night until the wee hours writing those books and for you. And then you need to find out, Oh, I didn't read those. I didn't study them. He's given that to, to bring you close to Him in all of our charges. So This is a, a grant of mercy. So to get some tatpa, that would be helpful. Otherwise, chanting Hare Krishna without some Gyan, it will be difficult to get the, the fruit of love of God. Very difficult. And it's readily available, so we should make ourselves available, make some effort. We have to learn a few things, a few, few terms, a few words. Don't uh, hold back your intelligence. You have to give that to Krishna also. It's easier to keep busy and not think about it, but... We have, we have in mind, we have't we should think about it according to our capacity we should learn the tattva this will help you so much this will make you so strong that you will not be able to be blown away by various things that happen in your life and there's some young people here and our, these older people could tell you a lot of things happen we never could, thought could possibly happen that <laughs> had the great potential to be disruptive and many people have become disrupted in their bhakti and it's largely because they, they didn't take the opportunity to be informed. Informed in two ways, really. Informed by studying the Scripture and by good association. And we see that even if you study the Scripture outside of good association, that can be a big problem. So much misunderstanding you can get. What is it said, amongst the Christians, even the, the devil can quote through the Shastra or something like that. That's a fact, very uh, lethal then. Big problem. The part of knowledge is a, dangerous thing. a little bit of knowledge, yes, can be a dangerous thing. So with, with good guidance we should... Read. And that was Prabhupada's standard. Why he had the Bhagavatam class everything. Why he didn't he just say, okay, every morning, sit for one hour and read the book. No, he had somebody explaining the book. there something to be said, to unfold what meanings lie there and so forth. How can you possibly say everything in a purport about what Krishna has said? that's impossible absolutely impossible so that's not a limitation when Vishnu John Marsh asked Prabhupada what Bhaktivedanta Thakur meant when he said I've left this world my work undone what did Prabhupada say that is his mercy he left something for us to do not now it's all said it's all done and there's nothing more to be said so, so much more to do. And times are very different than when I joined Prabhupada. Very, very, very different. Hmm. It's an entirely different environment. So, there's the need for good company, and explanation, proper explanations, and sort all those things out, what all happened, update everything. This is idea of Guru Parampara, of course. So we should be little informed, that will be good. Then there's good prospect for our bhakti to bear fruit in the form of ultimately, as I say, forgetting that Krishna is the supreme personality of God this is the goal. As I say, it's a very funny religion, to be blinded by love for Krishna, to be so close to the absolute that you can't make out what he is as I said if you're too close to something you can't understand so they're so close to God that they're treating him like you don't treat God and it's it's quite uh, shocking in the religious world in the, the scriptural world people who are guided by scripture they, they they take exception to this sometimes how can they act like that you know, this is the supreme brahman not I and or they think, well, I guess he's got that side, he does that with some people. It's keep that hidden a little bit. And that's hidden. That's how the people of to think about it. They love Narayan. and sometimes he acts like that and so. For some people, I don't know. You can't do that here. <laughs> Not in public. I can't do done in public. This is the idea. Is the very problem of material existence is we want that kind of problem with God, to be so close. Therefore, we, we hear Krishna speaks about detachment with a view to help us stand back from the world enough, to see it for what it is, so we can enter into it in the proper spirit and become attached to everything by seeing it in relation to Krishna. Therefore, <laughs> Mahaprabhu had no desire to leave the world. He had no desire to leave the world whatsoever. I mean, this is a huge thing, liberation. This is like, you put all material prospects together, any possible attainment, put it all together in a package and offer it to somebody that doesn't compare to liberation, the happiness of liberation. Imam Prabhupada has no interest in that. This is Śruta-bhakti. Nadanam nā janam nāsundurinā kavitam vāja kandīśa mamā janmani janmani śpade bhavatat bhakti rāhi tukitvai What is he ought? Such a valuable thing. He's in there speaking only the stage of ruchi. It's still sadhana-bhakti. Sadhana-bhakti is powerful. klesha It can destroy all miseries. It will. And grant auspicious life. stuff. These are huge, huge things. And they're hardly the, the, the full uh, fruit. So detachment, but qualify that. We talk about detachment, we talk about... Uh, but, but it's funny because our whole goal is all these people who are so attached. Attached to their cows, attached to their place of... Residents, Govardham, Jamuna, they won't, they won't leave. Krishna left, apparently. They wouldn't leave. Incredible. What is Vrindavan? They're all attached. When, they, when Krishna freed Nandamaraj from the. When he was they saved from, from Varuna, Varuna's <coughs> people, for apparent violation of the codicil, then when Krishna went down in the water to save Nandamaraj, Varuna offered obeisances to him, said, Om Namo Bhagavate Paramatmane Bhagavan. He said, oh, I offer my obeisance to you who are Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. In the context of the Leela, this tattva that Krishna is, that Krishna is that ashrite tattva, that, that Vaigyan tattva himself, appearing as Bhagwan, Paramatma, Brahman. This is confirmed in the Leela by Varuna. Anyway, so when Krishna came, Nanamar saw this, she was saying about my son. So then everybody asked, Krishna, can you tell us what, where we're going to be in our next life? What's, everybody wants to know what their future is. So Krishna, of course, took them to the lake of Akurura and he dipped them in there and he showed them. What did he show them? He showed them Goloka. They were in Gokul. So then they were happy, oh, everything's going to be the same. Hmm? <laughs> But my family, my friends, our cows—everything will be there. Wonderful. This is our ideal. But when we when we talk about getting name, we talk about renouncing friends and family, and God save me from my friends and and <laughs> and all these kind of things. <laughs> so it's, it's very esoteric. So detachment, but it has to be, be qualified in the context of bhakti. A real detachment will come from that. Vasudevya Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayojita Janayati Yashuvai Rāgyam Jñānam Jāya From Bhakti then, this Jñāna Bhairāgya will come very quickly. So, as they say, best defense is a good offense. This is Bhakti. It's an offense. This is the best defense against material, the, the, the negative influence of material existence so therefore yes renunciation but in the context of bhakti so this is sharanagati how does it play out in sharanagati Pratikul. Cool. this is the renunciation of the devotee what's unfavorable to bhakti i detach from that i give that up if it's favorable for bhakti then i accept it if it's not i reject it this is his renunciation so here in the beginning, in the way of this chapter, Krishna has spoken about the material world like this figuratively, and, he's, and to sum it up, he says, you should detach from it, step back from it, see it for what it really is. And then he says, after that such introduction, he says, and, so, and you should do this detachment, he says, by making this prayer. Step back, and look up at the roots of this tree, which is Brahman, Ultimate reality, and say, I surrender to the original person from whom the primordial activities of creation expand, from which the world comes. He's speaking about a renunciation in the context of of attachment. When becoming attached to Bhagwan, real detachment is accomplished. Doing that, he says, then that you will transcend the world of pleasure and pain. means You will come to non-duality. That's this is how he's saying, by serving me you'll realize Brahman, that's a small thing. It will come automatically. That face of the Absolute, that, that you will realize that people are striving for with such um, difficult practices in a very easy way. Like Uddhava said, just by wearing your garland, we will go there. Who cares for these tapasvis and these meanies? I mean, they're, you know, pretty angry group. If you've ever seen those naked swamis and uh, naked sannyasis in the Himalayas, you know, they're a pretty mean bunch, actually. They're all that repression, you know. It, it's, not, it's not good. <laughs> they want to force their way in, so to speak. Can't get it in that way. And where is that? In where? To go where? Krishna has described it in a nice verse here. It's my favorite verse from this chapter. He says, So he's describing that abode of his, that place of his, that is rooted in Brahman, that the world then is is rooted in itself, being like a reflection of that, that he as a supreme person, as I said in this chapter, is above that place, he says, you can go there. Which Brahman is subordinate to. What is it? He says. Oh Natadvasha uh, suryo There's no need for sun there. Natadvasha Teshura. Nashashunkha. It's there's no need for sun. There's no need for moon. There's no need for proper translated, electricity. It's a very modern modern translation. Fire it means. Fire element. There's no need for these things. And furthermore, having gone there, one never returns. One never returns. The sutras end like this, anabhati Shabdat, anabhati Shabdat. the sound says, going there, one never returns. Or by sound it means, this world has come into being. And by another sound, it will end. That's the Krishna sound. That's the idea. By this sound, it will end the world. So, what does it mean? It is, there's no need for sun, there's no need for moon, there's no need for fire there? Have you ever seen a picture of Krishna Leela? Is there any moon? Yeah. Sure, the moon is famous there. The sun is there also, creating so many problems. In daylight then, there's separation. And moonlight, there's union. The dark moon is a little better. Mm-hmm. How does the second chapter of the Gita end? He says, "What is night for the ordinary people? What is day for the rishis? What is day for the ordinary people? What is night for the rishis?" Right. So that means, of course, who are the best rishis? They are the gopis. So, what is day for ordinary people, even in Braj? That is a dark night for the gopis. This night for everyone else takes rest, they are staying awake. That is the day for them, There's a chance for union with Krishna. So there is sun there, there is moon there, but they are devotees. They are demigods, there, but they are devotees. And they are Swarup. There is no need for sun, moon. It means, sun means, that by sun we see, right? So sun is the predominating influence of nature, in relation to our eyes. All of our senses are related to some aspect of, of nature that facilitates them. So we are not independent. We should, this is how the Rishi thought, of course, that that my eyes are not, I'm not free to do whatever I want with them because their capacity to see is dependent upon sun. Speech, fire, is the predominant deity of speech, so the power of speech is dependent on that. Uh-huh. Krishna is saying that not by senses, can you go there? Not, not by Natashi uh, Krishna Namadi Not by material senses, you can go. Eyes means he represents all the senses. Function of speech? No, you cannot. You cannot describe it by speech. This is his place. But then if someone will say, then why are you talking about it? Vedanta Sutra says, Ikshaterna Ashabdat. Shankar renders it, you can't talk about it. Hmm? Brahman cannot be spoken about. We see a double negative there in that sutra. So it's not that you can't talk about it, it's that you can't say enough about it. That's the idea. So you cannot cannot adequately describe it in speech Doesn't, doesn't mean you cannot say anything. If that were the proper interpretation, there would be suicide for the sutras themselves. They would be silenced. Their utility is, that's it. Finished. Why should we listen to you? You cannot speak about the topic. Mums the word. <laughs> so, nothing can be said. This is suicide interpretation for the whole shruti. Would speak of any subsequent uh, literatures, no. So it means like this. Not enough can be said about it. This is the, the nature of. Hare-kutā. Bhakti Siddhānta was Thakur uh, was said to be such that he used to say my only problem is they're stopping me from talking about Krishna. They're telling me you have to stop now giving this advice because of his health or something. This is my only only real disease. So, with speech, it's beyond speech, beyond the senses. And moon, of course, represents what? The, the mind, the deity presiding over the mind. So, They go there by mind, by speech, by words, by mind, by action, senses. Senses means action, so sun here means action. And then speech and mind. These are not proper vehicles for going there. They're counterfeit. You can't purchase, I mean to say, real real estate there. In a land where there's no death with things that are dead. It doesn't have any purchasing power. Also, it means that it, there's no, again, this point is being made in this chapter, there's no duality there, hot, cold, happiness, distress. Brahman is its foundation. Krishna, again, concluded the previous chapter, Brahman is subordinate to me. So in this chapter, he's, he's showing how that's practical. When he talks about his abode, it is like me, extension of myself so of course there is happiness there and <coughs> distress there and hot and cold and so forth but they're also devotees. <laughs> these are all the, the sentiments that uh, augment the, the dominant sentiment they call the Sanchari Babas transitory sentiments so it, it's all a land of uh, land of ecstasy if you study that Bhakti Rasamrita sindhu Nectar Devotion, then you can understand. Oh, it's all uh, everything there is, some kind of bhava, the movements, anubhava, the, the dominant sentiment that's driving someone, sthayi bhava, the sentiments that augment that, sanchari bhava that give rise to it, vibhava, and so forth. So it looks similar to the material world, but we call it. Uses the Chaitanya uses a language this word. Aprakrita. Prakrita means material. Aprakrita means it looks material, but it's really quite different. It's an instance of the finite coming so close to the infinite that the infinite, in order to facilitate that closeness, takes on a finite appearance. So difficult to understand. Again, our objective is to get so close to it that we can't see it. This is the idea. The attachment. Well, this chapter begins on a note of detachment and advises us. We're entangled in the material world so much that we cannot see it. We have to step back from it, with detachment, to see it for what it is. But don't stop there. This is only one step in the direction of bhakti. And in the context of bhakti that detachment should come. So accept things that are favorable, reject things that are unfavorable. That is renunciation. And cultivate attachment to Krishna. That is the idea when we, our practice is informed by tattva, when we understand, really, that Krishna is the supreme personality of God, then we understand we have located the perfect object of love, the perfect taker, the supreme taker. And if the mystery of life is that it moves progressively by giving, if, as the magic of life, it's not a logical idea that by giving you will get, but that's a fact, and we experience that. In any, any act of giving where you're actually giving consciously that there is some invisible but very tangible gain you can't hold it up and show it to anybody see I got them but you can you can glow with it so to speak and it's attractive to people You become full by giving so if we understand that mystery taught this unlocks the whole of the mystery of life how to thrive live by giving give to live just the opposite of how we are trying to think. You have to take to live, give to live. Give of yourself means die of yourself, die to live. If we understand this, then, then we need but to find that place, that object, which can take completely. So this is the whole idea of Krishna. He can take completely. He's the supreme enjoyer, so he can fully give. Full giving can only be experienced in relation to him. And it happens to then manifest in this form of the leela. See, leela is difficult to understand. Is it just a story for people who are, you know, need a story and understand to understand philosophy? I mean, it's pretty unbelievable some of those things that Krishna does. Even in in Bhagavatam, it's mentioned that the inhabitants of Vrindavan themselves couldn't believe the things that Krishna was doing. They thought, "How is that possible?" A lady turns into a... Tw-